The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. What's the quarry? Mid-century domed ranch-style dwelling. Outer rim. Any occupants? Three. Moisture farmers. A couple in their kit. They shouldn't cause you much trouble. My payment? 3,000 credits. Half of which in escrow until the job is finished. Should be done in time to catch the Dark Times podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite uh, bounty hunter. And I'm Steven, your favorite uh, realtor. <laughs> Interstellar realtor. <laughs> the Condalorian, our favorite interstellar realtor. Oh, absolutely. I Gosh, that was Lakopic, right? Who came up with the Condalorian? No, I came up with We said it on the show. Lakopic <laughs> created the stat block. Cut for- it. For his Condalorian. Cut it all. Maybe they're like... Um, cut the whole damn thing. <laughs> not going to cut it. It's good. Maybe they're uh, like the Mandalorians, but it's a group of people they all call Condalorian. <laughs> we'll hear more of his escapades in the future, maybe. I sure hope so. I, I, I know the audience was itching for uh, an original improv uh Oh yeah, I remember when we first set out to do this, we were like going to do that more. And then, yeah. and then we just... It was easier to pull also, shit from this Also, movies. it was funny for a long time. <laughs> it was. I mean, it still is. It was. Great. But now that I've seen, I'm like, I've got to kind of, I've kind of got a lot of the movies memorized at this point oh, from well, doing them for the show. <laughs> See, we have some feedback from last week. Let's, uh, let's, let's dig in the bag here. We got uh, feedback from Lil Literalist who says, good mooks are indeed a rarity. More so because Swissy NPCs are usually only built with a single rule book other than core. Very important consideration. So they really start to feel very samey after a while. That's why DMFs is pretty good, since he'll keep his NPCs pretty basic for ease of running them, but will still include other stuff in there. Yes. He's referring to DMF's big list of NPCs? That's correct, and I love it. That's where I get all my mooks, especially. Who's I usually DMF? DMF is Donovan Morningfire, which is the screen name for Jonathan Stevens, who used to be loosely affiliated with the Order 66 podcast. I think he... I think he was big on their forums, did a few stat blocks, maybe a couple like homebrew adventure modules. And then that work ended up getting him a freelance position on Galaxy at War and maybe a couple other books. I'm not sure, but definitely Galaxy at War. That's super cool. So Yeah, he was real, real important guy way, way back in the day. And um, yeah, I still use his NPC list to this day. It's big. It's like 120 something pages of awesome NPCs, bosses, mooks, whatever you need. I've seen them. They look really good, too. The stat blocks are pretty easy to understand also. The, they, they are. And the, the thing, the advantage they have over the official stat blocks is they usually have like a paragraph or two just explaining like the strategy, how you might run them, how your players might encounter them. That's it's always so, great. so good. Instead of having to piece it together yourself. Exactly. Like, oh, here's, a, here's a list of five random talents. Just figure out how they work. Figure yourself. out how they work together, which normally you can, but uh, it's better if someone else has done it already. <laughs> very much so. And for just pulling out like 30 minutes to the session, need some interesting mooks, need a, a decent boss. DMF's list is the way to go. Separated by like era too. I'm pretty sure, which is a nice, I believe so. Yes. Strategy. Yeah. Very, very cool. Uh, Dark Lark said from the from the Reddit uh, thread, I've been toiling around with reskinning some D&D and Pathfinder adventures and campaigns into Swissy. Uh, quests that are based on sailing the open seas are easy enough. Other than Star Wars not having as many space creatures as D&D has monsters of the sea. Still, it seems as if there are too few targets to steal from. I feel like Way of the Wicked would be a really good adventure path for that, as there are too few evil campaigns in Star Wars RPGs. However, the Pathfinder AP is way too long, and I think the work 
would be too much for one person to take on. Any ideas how to skin a level 1 to 20 campaign, like a Trentocean crate dragon hunter? I just understood the um, last part. Of you the, finally understood the, a, the little joke skin there. Skin it like a dragon hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, why does he want to campaign about a Trentocean crate dragon hunter? That's a great idea already. Like, you did it. You, <laughs> you've done it. You've got the idea. I was, fucking, I was like, oh, what a weird question. No, see, it's a good it's a good pun because it uses, like, both yeah. meanings of yeah, skin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, Dark Lurk... Uh, I was on a walk when I got, when I got your comment and I contemplated it for the rest of my time. At first I was like, I don't really like this question. And then I thought about it more and I was like, wait, this is a very good question. How could you run a Pathfinder adventure path levels one through 22 Swissy? Well, first off, it would be very hard to do that. <laughs> what, what you would need to do. And cause anything else is entirely too much work for what it's worth. You might as well just make your own damn campaign at that point, but you can copy the plot hooks and the overall story beats down into a nice, like generic bulleted point list, or maybe a mind map or something like that. And then you go back and you fill in those encounters with Swissy options. You aren't going to do a straight conversion of like a Lich King from Pathfinder into Swissy. You're just going to need to understand the Lich King's place in the story and then make a new original Star Wars character to fit into that. Any Adventure Paths maps, though, could be easily converted. Absolutely. Anything where it's like, oh, yeah, this thing has hazards and stuff. And you could easily substitute Swizzy hazards in for there, too. Yeah, this is definitely a huge undertaking, and I'm not convinced it would be fully worthwhile, at least the way I do things on my end of things. It's because it would be nice to convert all of these amazing Pathfinder adventure paths directly to Swissy. If that could just, if I could just press a button and do that. I sure as hell would, but um, <laughs> definitely something where you'd have to very, be very careful about the amount of time and effort you're expending. Cause I feel like too easily you might do so much work that you probably should have just ran a homebrew campaign to begin with. Yeah. You don't want to lose the forest for the trees, you know, no, especially with stuff like that. If it's an adventure you really like, and you really want other people to experience it through the star Wars lens, then yeah, absolutely go for it. The only thing you'll be able to pick up and drop into star Wars is the plot like that. And that's uh, ultimately, I understand dark Lark. That's, that's what you're getting at, but anything more like, and you even mentioned in your comment, dark Lark, there's like, not even enough beasts in Swissy to do a good job of, of replicating a fantasy like tabletop adventure. Yeah. There just is not, you'd have to replace at least half of them with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, those are my thoughts. You could easily make a mind map bullet point list of the plot and then go back over it, fill it in with star Wars characters and encounters. That'd be probably sick. That red dragon. He's a guy with yeah. a flamethrower. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. That's, that's, and that's smart. That's, that's very clever. But then again, you know, if if we're just going after the basic plot of things to to distill inspiration from, you can do that with books and movies and comic books, too. Like, you don't really need to doing that with Adventure Path definitely feels like fighting uphill. That takes me back to episode three, Stephen. What? Where you said something like. You get a, you just take any fantasy adventure and make it Star Wars. You just go like, oh, the, they're in a, they enter a town. It's a, it's a planet. Uh, they, they see a, a, gl- a gladiator arena. Oh, it's, it's for a hut. And instead of like, <laughs> I mean, see, that's interesting you bring that up. Cause that, that's good advice from a, like a different context. Yeah. <laughs> when I said that I was talking about how, like most people are exposed to role-playing through fantasy storytelling and I experienced this and I've seen many other people do too, who kind of scratch their heads and struggle to improvise like a science fiction story. And that quote was, was more so me talking about like, Oh, instead of a village in a valley, it's a planet in a star system and 
go from there. It's great. Thank you. The classic, uh, classic early dark times moment. That's classic sure. dark timesism. <laughs> dark timesism. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just run the game. Just run the game. Beep beep. Run the game. <laughs> GM. Let's let's pull the all the dark times buzzwords in one. GM fiat <laughs> rule of cool speed apply. Beep beep. Oh, this episode's gonna go off. Love this. <laughs> First Reddit post to get one billion of votes. <laughs> Hell yeah, Stephen. Hmm. How was your week, Steve? I had a pretty good week. You know, it's it's honestly with the time change, I'm I'm still adjusting. I'm I'm, you know, but you hear that might be the okay. last one we do. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. I, I've heard that that there's a bill in the house or something that's gonna that the you know. I feel like they say it every year though. I, you know, yeah. Like, I just that's I the last. Know. That's gonna be our last uh, daylight savings time <laughs> in the next fucking you know six more months. Two a.m. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? You know, like I can feel the change in time. By the way, physically, it's strange. But yeah, I've been doing lots of reading. Been doing lots of walking. So Absolutely. that's that's kind of fun. I've been living a a quieter life than I'm accustomed to, and that's that's been pleasant. Nice, nice. I'm glad. How about you? You know, just work and everything like that. Uh, on Sunday, actually, I was called in. Now, <laughs> my uh, a mutual friend of ours was like, "Hey, Sam, the comic book shop—they uh, run a D and D event for kids. They play five E, and it's like a couple hours. Do you want to come fill in? They need someone." And I said, "Yeah, put me in touch with the person." And I text her and, and then I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And she's like, you're a hero. And I was like, hero, oh. huh? Well, I'm just playing Dungeons and Dragons on a Sunday. I wouldn't call me, a, <laughs> I wouldn't call myself a hero. Um, and then I go show up to the comic book shop and she's like, you're really my savior for this one. I was like, savior. I was like, these are some big words for Elmo. You made this, per- <laughs> <laughs> you made this person's day. I honestly like, I apparently it was really last minute. They needed wow. someone. So I think it's like every few months that they do a thing. Uh, I, me personally, and my, all of my uh, awkwardness had to dungeon master fifth edition D and D for the first time in like four years. Yeah. For, I think I was a player the last time you, yes, you, you were DM'd for five, five, maybe eight to 11 year olds. And amazing. It's, party. Uh, count. If you're, Count your blessings is what I'll say. <laughs> Any complaint you have about your table does not yeah, compare. DMs listen right now. Count your blessings. At least, at least your player, you know, okay, whatever. He plays video games during the session. That's bad, right? But at least he's not picking his nose. <laughs> I had to run. So what we ran was um, rolled and told, which is they do like a, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition magazine. They do some adventures and stuff like that. Okay. Character options sometimes, new enemies, stat blocks. It's super cool. Super Fun. cool. I wish they did that for Saga Edition. Like a little magazine. Uh, there well, we had the the web enhancements back in the day for were sure, kind yeah. of the only thing like that Saga ever had. I'm not sure Saga ever got any like paper and ink published like periodicals like that. But all good. We'll go back in time. Oh, we'll fucking fix it then, Steven. Go yeah. back and change. That's it. kind of the role we play, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you think about it. <laughs> So the adventure was about a carnival and it was a carnival ran by this troop and the troop had turned a new leaf compared to their ancestors. Their ancestors were, ran the carnival maliciously. Like like, Like an evil carnival, evil carnies. They were, they were evil carnies, but the new guys are nice. Okay, cool. But the ghosts of the evil guys were not happy. So they trapped all the carnies in a pocket dimension and the part that like the party that the adventure that they go on, it takes place in this pocket dimension. Okay. I like this already. My, well also 
run it for children. <laughs> so <laughs> this was not meant to be ran for children. It was not instated in the book. It's not like I kind of <laughs> thought I, when you first described this to me, I really thought that you were playing an adventure designed for children. No, it is well. very much not so. Wow. It is very much like there are rules. <laughs> wow. Amazing. <laughs> um, the reason I'm bringing it up is because this is a pretty good DM experience. I want to relate to you, the listener. Yeah, definitely. We're not just talking about our weeks here. I mean, we are, but that, I feel like this is a fun uh, dungeon master game mastering related story I want to bring up. No, absolutely. Especially it happened to you too, which is <laughs> why I'm, I'm really excited about it. <laughs> Five kids, three of which play druids. Three <laughs> party of three druids. Uh, I think I've, there was a fighter and then a half elf sorcerer and a bard also. Always got to be a fighter. One, two, three, four, five, six kids, actually. Six. Oh my goodness. <laughs> there were six the kids. kids. Yeah, I had <laughs> six kids, none of which were older than 11. Yeah. Six oh, kids man. per table, by the way. So it was me and one other guy and he okay. was the other game master. There was two tables. Yeah. I felt fucking inadequate compared to this guy. First of all, he has the nicest fucking, he's like, hi, I'm like fucking Markiplier, but for Dungeons and Dragons over here. <laughs> oh, so Matt Mercer. <laughs> yes and no. His name was, he, he was really cool. He was a really cool guy. That's awesome. But I found out afterwards that he like does game mastering professionally. Oh, he's like a pro. That's like cool. a pro. Like people pay him to do it. I wanted stuff. to do that in my retirement. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to the job you don't have right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got an email back today. Things are getting real talking, serious. Talking a lot about retirement for a guy with no job. <laughs> no 401k anymore either. Bet that shit on. Well, never mind. <laughs> so. I, I'm hearing him outside with his table and he's like, whoa, whoa. And they're having a great time. And I'm like, oh my God, he's killing it out there. I need to pick up the fucking pace. <laughs> and these kids are like, oh, I want to do this. So three druids, three druids. They, all they want to do is be animals. <laughs> all, it was two hours of kids wanting to be animals. That's so adorable. One, one kid, he's like, I turned into a, into a mole. And I was like, okay, you're a mole. What do you do? And he's like, I dig into the ground and I try and escape the carnival because it's in a pocket dimension so they can't leave. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you dig down, you try and dig down, but you don't get any further. You're just digging in place. You're like treading water with this dirt. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, I take a nap. <laughs> and I was like, you, you just, okay. I was like, you guys all see as Alex, the Druid turns into a gnome, digs into the ground for a little bit, gets like half an inch deep and then just curls up into a little mole ball and takes a nap. So the point of the adventure was all the ghosts were running different carnival games. There was like, uh, the, when you hit the hammer on the thing that it hits the bell, test the strength and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And each one was run by a ghost. And if they completed the carnival game, the ghost died or oh. the ghost like, like passed on or whatever. This like sounds like it's for kids though. Yeah, no, but, but it's not, but every single game had very, very specific rules. Okay. Which even though the content may sound like it's for children, it is not designed from a standpoint of like, Hey, children are going to be doing this. Cause they don't, first of all, kids don't want to roll uh, a perception and then an insight check no. to see, I have to tell them to roll those things. They're very much like, can I, I, I attack the, I attack the carny and then, <laughs> and then like they, none of them dealt enough damage to one shot these ghosts, which, cause they huh. only had like 12 hit points and this is a level three party. So they can do that pretty easily, but I would just make it so like the ghost shrugs off your attack and they're like, Whoa, these are some strong ass ghosts. <laughs> and so the whole time was, yeah, it, it, I can't imagine. I have a newfound respect for teachers, Stephen, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Because like six kids trying to all do something at the same time. And I'm like, listen, I am one person. Like, well, I'm like, we're going to go around. I was like, everyone roll initiative for, but for what order you want to 
tell me to do things. <laughs> and so we did Smart that. Move. But then none of them could remember their initiative number. And so I was like, you know what? Screw the initiative. We're all just going to go around the table and circle back and stuff like that. And this this girl, the, the only girl there, she was so sweet. She was playing a druid named Sapphire. Aww. And she was like, uh, can I, uh, I want to do this thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead and roll D20. And she goes, and it spits it out of her mouth. <laughs> and, I, and it caught me completely off guard because she talked to me for like five seconds. And I was like, oh. She had it in her mouth Yeah, the she whole had time. the D20 in her mouth waiting oh. for me to tell her to roll so that she could oh. spit it out onto her dice tray. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that was in your mouth. Um, that's funny. I wouldn't do that more than once, though. <laughs> and then she does it again. And I was like. Of course she does. And I was like, Sapphire, that's just unsanitary. <laughs> it's funny, though. It's a fucking joke, too. Just a little kid. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Uh, it was just the story was great. They had a great time. At the end, uh, they save all the ghosts, all the carnies from the ghosts, and as a reward, the carnies give them like, "Hey, we don't have any money because the ghosts took it all, or whatever." But <laughs> you can play at the carnival for free, and you don't have to worry about dying this time and stuff like that. And they're like, "No, actually." Uh, we have a lot of cooler ideas for what we think your carnival should be. And so these kids drew up like roller coasters and oh, stuff wow. like that. And they, they gave me the picture of all the things they drew that they wanted to be in the new carnival. One kid said he wanted a new carnival game called Axe Head. And I was like, that sounds dangerous. What kind of game is Axe Head? He's like, you balance an axe on your head. And if it falls off, you lose. I was like, I think you do more than lose if it falls off. <laughs> Kids are a delight is what yes. I'll say. Um, it's, it was, I, I just, you have a newfound respect both for the imagination of a child and of the patience of all your players, <laughs> all your normal players. <laughs> Cause after that, I went to play in your session last night. Uh, and I was just thinking the whole time I couldn't help but think about like, man, Thank God we're not 11 year olds, you know, <laughs> we sure we sure get a lot done. We get you know? way more done. Yeah, <laughs> probably more than than 11 year olds could. <laughs> they finished the adventure, though. So it tells you one thing. I mean, we're yeah. still working on a campaign. They finished in one day. <laughs> so amazing. I love that story because, you know, I, I worked with kids for a, a long while there. I, I did summer camps for a good time, good long time. Yeah, kid, kids are way better at role playing than any adult I've Absolutely. met because they're they're so uninhibited. They don't care. Yeah, they do not care any about really anything at all. And so, definitely, that childlike mindset is is something I always try to tap into when I'm when I'm role playing because yeah. it's it's a wellspring of just have of, fun with it. Yeah, know? exactly. It's kids know exactly how to have fun, and if you know how to behave like a kid when it's appropriate to, then you're you're you'll, you'll never be stopped. Another great moment in the session. They two of the druids turned into bears. Okay. To try and they use a hammer on test of strength at the same time. Oh, smart. And so two grizzly bears and four other party Rarrr. members. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are holding like the 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 handle of this hammer and bringing the sledgehammer down. They were. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna use it on the on the game?" They're like, "No, we're gonna hit the guy." <laughs> <laughs> See, that's problem solving. <laughs> So they knock out the the strong man who's running the test of strength. And then since he's a ghost, he just kind of comes back and he's fine. <laughs> and they're like, what? That sucks. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, the only way to beat him is to beat the game. You guys Kids and don't know ghost rules. Kids don't know ghost rules. Yeah, Imagine trying to explain to them that he was incorporeal and that, <laughs> and that they couldn't do that. It was great. They had a great time. It was um, 
their favorite thing was every time they defeated a carnival game, the ghost exploded. And so oh. they had so much fun watching me be like, no, no, yeah, you're going to like just like describe the explosion of the ghost, like into dust and stuff like that. And one of the kids was like, I eat the dust. And I was like, no, it's ghost, <laughs> it's ghost dust. No, don't do that. Eating his fucking cytoplasm. <laughs> That's amazing. So they, they free the carnies and inside the, the, the prison with the, the cage with the carnies is like a barrel. And inside the barrel is like this dust. And they're like, oh, wow, this is this is weird. And they start one of the kids starts eating it. And I was like, and the, one of the carnies is like, no, those are my grandparents ashes. <laughs> oh, no. So because apparently the big plot of the carnival is that everyone who works there who, who dies in the carnival and they're part of the family, their ashes go in the big rainbow barrel. Oh, <laughs> and that's what got the carnival haunted in the first place. No way. Yes. Fucking- All their ancestors ashes in one big <laughs> in barrel. One big barrel. Called the Rainbow Barrel. This was part of the adventure. Yes, it was Good. not made up. This was something that was pre-written for me. Good lord, that's and the kids. What one of the kids was like? Can I have some? Can I put some in my inventory? And I was like, Yeah, I guess you have carny ashes. Yeah, like what do you write down on my character sheet for that carny ashes? And from the kids the were like, barrel? Do they have food for the new carnival now? And I was like, Yeah, they have food. He's like, I did. Some, I take some churros. I was like, Okay, write down dwarven churros. <laughs> On your character sheet there. And, he's like, and then he's like, can you write it for me? I don't know where to write it. <laughs> so I wrote down in, in super tiny font on this character sheet, Dwarven Churros. And honestly, it was such a, it was just such a great time. It's but, delightful. That, that definitely, that story, I like this story because it, it could have gone really poorly. Yeah. Could have been awful. I could have, the could've kids could have hated me. Yeah. yeah. I could have been the rules lord, be like, actually, um, you don't have plus three in, in intelligence, so you can't make that check, you know, stuff like that. I'm imagining like the, the GM trying to discourage them from having three druids. Like you really should have a balanced party. <laughs> yeah. like, I thought it was great. They had three druids. I was like, fuck yeah, three druids. I thought it was, it was funny. What weapon did the fighter use? I don't think he used any weapon. Nice. I, I don't recall him actually attacking with any. Oh, I think he said he had a morning star. I don't know if he ever used it, actually. Cool. Because the only attacks he did was try to pull the strong man's mustache off his face. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when they beat the test of strength game, I was like, yeah, you pull his mustache off the last second. You have ghost mustache in your inventory. And he was like, yo, ghost mustache. The, the oldest so kid cute. there was probably 11 or 12 ish. And he was like. He had to stop. He had to stop everything to tell me his backstory. Oh, he was like, yeah, so my, so it's, I got to explain it. My character, he wants to become undead, but he doesn't know how. So he doesn't want to die until he knows how to become undead. Wow. And so he had a great time. Like, ask, he was asking the ghost. He was like, if I die here, am I going to become undead? And they were like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I just thought Way it was to so play funny. into it. I thought it was so funny that he like stopped everything to tell me his backstory. I know players who still yes, do that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, very man. much. I could see the modern, like the adult RPG player inside the kid RPG player, you know, I hope those kids never stop role playing. They have, apparently they do it every month or oh, something like that. So, so they have cool. a great time. Is this something the, the comic book shop puts on just, yeah, just to yeah. do just some so pa- parents sign up or whatever. Parents pay 10 bucks. They okay. get a $10 coupon for the comic book shop. Oh, so it's it, basically it's free to sign yeah. up, but, you know, 10 bucks for the coupon. It's still fun. It That's was so super fun. fun. What a great, great thing that is. Check if your local game store has anything like that running for kids. And Hey, if they don't, maybe you could put yeah. it on. Who Be knows? the change you want to see in the world is what I'll say. At yeah. least when it comes to role playing. Anything else? Anything else? Anything it's else, a, it's someone else's fault. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I'm not a climate activist. I can't do anything about it. You know, 
I can chain myself to whatever I want. Mm. I just loosen the soup. <laughs> what does that have to do with me? They're throwing soup on all those paintings. Oh, those. Okay, that. Yeah. Was it soup? They were throwing soup. Some, on those some were throwing soup. Some were throwing paint. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast from me and Steven. Yeah. Um, what? Where am I? <laughs> You're in the break, Steven. Oh, that's right. We're, we're part in the of the break. show where we thank the listeners for listening. Listeners. I can't thank you enough. Honestly. Yeah. For real. No, like that was my joking voice, but now here's my real voice. And um, here's my real voice. So what nothing at that we got some <laughs> so i was thinking i was thinking you hear me just, just Patrick like warburton soup. like what am i supposed to say okay it's Sorry, a dark times ahead. podcast Peter, it's a nice podcast kids one of the million <laughs> wow thanks joe from family guy in the mail today i received from an anonymous fan galaxy of intrigue uh this completes my saga edition source book collection Woo! This is not something I ever thought I would have. This is not, it came from a place I never expected it would. The fact that there's those of you out there who enjoy this stuff so much. And I, I, I am sitting here. I come over to where we record. I sit down, I blather into a mic about a game that's 15 years old. And then I go home and some people like that enough. <laughs> <laughs> To send me, you know, emails full of praise. To send me rare RPG supplement books. Out of print RPG supplement yeah, books. In the mail, just as a way of saying thanks. I, I, I'm speechless, as you can hear. I don't really have anything too big to say that I haven't already said uh, other than thank you sincerely. I think it's a nice, uh, it's a nice capstone for you, Stephen, to be like, yeah, now I've got all the Star Wars Saga Edition books. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, <laughs> I like to think so. Yeah. No, capstone's the right word. That's exactly what it felt like. Cause I, with, with this, with all of this has become with all this is it's getting the books all together now at this time just feels right. So the anonymous sender who sent me galaxy of intrigue, thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It really, really means a lot. And thanks again to Steven little literalist who, who sent in, um, Jedi Academy. Jedi Academy. Out. That's right. Silly me. Sheesh. You know? Yeah. Just sheesh. Not to mention the patrons. $104 a month. 115. Now, 115. That's right. Because we have a new $10 patron. Shout out to Tyson. Thank you dearly. If you stay on the $10 tier, Tyson, for three months, or anyone like Tyson, you will get a official Dark Times t-shirt. And sticker. And, sti and we, sticker. We're we have been on speaking it. to Benjamin at Patreon. He says that they're still working on an issue. It's in their back end. They we, said, we found the problem. That means we can work on it. And, you know. Hey, great. Thanks, Ben. Who knows ben. work on it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a way. You have my word. Write it down. You'll get your sticker along with your T-shirt. You'll get your T-shirt no matter what, but you'll get your sticker as well. If you've earned one, I will see to it personally that one way or another, either via Patreon or just by me ordering a bunch of stickers and then getting them out to you guys myself, it will happen. We have your addresses. We know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Do not fear. <laughs> Do not fear. Yeah. Don't worry. We, um, we'll, we'll handle this. And then $5 patrons get 
a sticker. A sticker, which you guys will get it because it's only. Apparently that's not a problem for Patreon. It's just doing two things at once. That's the problem. Two (laughs) items in a tier is apparently more than Patreon's web code can handle right now. And that's (laughs) okay, I guess. It's just, it's also not. A little surprising. Uh, And for those of you still listening along, some people, some of you have been here a year listening to each and every one of these episodes. Some of you guys are chomping at the bit to listen to hear us talk about Swissy every week. And to you, I say, thank you. It's every week now, sometimes twice a week where people on the subreddit or on the discord are like, Oh, those dark times guys are pretty cool. Why don't you kind stranger, give them a listen. And it's like, what? what? Oh, you know what? We did get a mention. I'll shout them out right now. Actually. Oh, who is it? I sent it to you on discord. Oh, that's right. Thank you to Zloy Krolik. Once again, a, a name I find myself saying quite a bit around here for mentioning us on the subreddit. Let's see. What thread was that? Someone asked about uh, making a character. character oh, creation, yes. And Zloy said, hey, check out this episode of the Dark Times podcast. You know, I was trying to think like, did we we did a character creation episode, right? Episode then- 15, Stephen, build a hero workshop. Oh, fantastic. It's a great title. Thank you, Sam. And uh, that was the episode where we did those level one characters, remember, for the Dark Times module. Yes, that's right. Those were good. That was a good episode. I think in the making of that episode, a little behind the scenes action for you, we both discovered that we had both made Zabrex. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they both had like the letter V as like the their first name. We or both had our like builds. That. I think I had a soldier. This was a scout, my friend. I had a scout. You had a... Scoundrel? No, you had Jedi, I had a scout. That's I right. Scout. I had a Jedi, you had a scout, and we both had Zabrax with like really similar names. <laughs> like really super funny. similar names. We changed them as we recorded the episode. Yes. That way. Oh man. Classic. Classic dark times. I I remember saying jokingly last year, around this time, or maybe closer to New Year's, where I was like, 2022, year of the dark times, baby. And and I remember honestly, when you said that. I'm kind of feeling it now, you know? It's year of the dark times. It year has been. Time. I mean, look at the the growth, yeah. the 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 amount of just the input we receive alone. The is, outpour of support. Yes. Um truly. If you're hearing this, you have my personal thanks and and forever appreciation. Dark times forever. Let's get you guys back to the show, huh? Yeah. So as promised, uh Nick the flesh devourer. Uh, I'm still not over accidentally calling him that and then him owning it. Really funny. <laughs> Nick wrote in about his favorite force tradition last week. I think it was, and we promised him we'd, we'd cover it this week. So here we are with the Matukai build. Well, so we've got a, um, I've got the rest of Nick's email from last week That's that we right. kind of grazed, grazed over. Yeah. Nick said, I'm a huge fan of alternative force traditions and wanted to highlight the Matukai because they're a rather interesting group. They focus on studying the Force, much like the Jedi, even going as far as eschewing into the dark side. Uh, however, this is due to their focus on physical perfection and channeling the Force through their signature pole arm, the Wan Shen. In fact, Matsukai training is so intensive and fosters such a strong connection to the Force within the Adept that even those who the Jedi passed up as potential recruits due to being weak in the Force can become masters of the Force through their own rigorous study and honing their bodies to perfection. I also like the Matukai because it gives me an opportunity to play a force-wielding person who likes to hit things while also not being constrained to the Jedi Code and its restrictive tenets. Fun fact, according to Wikipedia, the Matukai were first introduced to Star Wars in an old source book for the previous D20 Star Wars RPG, written by J.D. Weicker and one Rodney Thompson. I also felt the drive to make a Matukai build and pass it on to you guys after listening to the episode. 
You'll note that the average damage output in melee is less than that of a Jedi's, a sentiment I believe Steven expressed in an earlier episode, but I've tried to balance it out by ensuring that the Matukai can consistently hit with their Wan Shen, as well as giving them feats and talents that I believe emphasize their training and honing their skills as a combatant, and then refining their bodies and their understanding of channeling the Force to improve their physical capabilities. Thank you so much, Nick, the Flesh Devourer, for sending us in Hal Drathen, Human, Soldier 7, Force Adept 5. Have you seen the art for Madokai in their one I have one not. Shot? This, is, this is a Madokai. This is the official art. That, that bro's got a fucking halberd. Yeah, it's a big fucking <laughs> halberd thing. It's really, really cool. That's cool as hell. His robes are sick, too. Yeah, uh, again, we'll, we'll put this art yeah, in, the, in the description, right? Discord, uh, I will. Really, really cool stuff. I just, I just love this look and... You know, the, the sort of like spell sword magic warrior Absolutely. thing is always, always cool. And the fact that you can play one without having to be a robe wearing Jedi. Be yeah. a robe wearing, it's nice. It's a cool, really good, like role playing table experience. It's a it's a trope we all love to play. But, you know, it's it's outside of like Pathfinder. It's like, how the hell do I do that? So we've got human seven force adept five. How Drathen has initiative score plus 14 and perception of plus 11. Reflex defense 29, fortitude defense 25, and will defense 26. A damage threshold of 25. He's immune to disease, poison, and radiation. I Wait, saw that. I don't know. Is it, does he have a talent? He might have a talent. A oh, fortified body. body. Yeah. Fortified body. That's so cool. Melee, unarmed, plus 13. 1d8 plus 8. Heck yeah, that's martial arts 3 right there. Uh, and melee, Wan Shen, plus 14. 2d6 plus 8. That's about... That's about right for a normal lightsaber and something like that. 2d6. Uh, so a lightsaber would be like 2d8. Oh, 2d8. Yeah. yeah but okay. um, there, there's a few things about this build that I can totally see. I can totally see what Nick was working with here to to make up for that difference. He kind of alluded to it in his email. And, yeah. and I, I I have a I have an analysis ready when once you're done. Oh, you can do the basics. Ooh, yeah. fancy. He's also got a double attack attack option. So you can attack with both ends of the Wan Shen. Battle Strike with a use the force modifier plus 12. He's also got the force techniques, improved battle strike and force point recovery. Talents, damage reduction 10, Wan Shen Kata, Wan Shen Mastery, devastating attack, simple weapons, tune weapon, equilibrium and fortified body. And for feats other than the stock soldier starting feats, he's got combat reflexes, two weapon mastery, one, two and three, force sensitivity, force training, martial arts one and two and trip. Steven, what was your analysis about the that block? Huh? So actually, I wanted to start with the uh, Wan Shen, sorry, the uh, Madokai Adept talents, because okay, we didn't cover yeah. those in our episode. And, and they're definitely worth covering here because they're, they're actually super cool and really important to the, the build. You will see quite a bit of like Pathfinder fuckery in here, which I didn't <laughs> like. So that first one, Wan Shen Kata, uh, you treat the Wan Shen as a medium weapon instead of a large weapon. That's great. So there, you can already one hand it. There you okay, go. Bingo. Yeah. You can use the pin and trip feats with a Wan Shen, substituting your attack bonus with the Wan Shen for your grapple check. So not using a grapple bonus at all. No, your attack roll with the Wan Shen instead. That's which is awesome. Awesome. That is so cool. Because it's so easy to modify your attack, whether it be from the yeah. party noble or from your own bullshit, which which just one sec I'll cover. Really, really nice. You must have your Wan Shen in hand to use this talent. In addition, when you use the Wan Shen as a double weapon, you reduce all attack penalties for attacking with both ends of the weapon by one. Really loaded talent here. Super juicy, oh. juicy talent. All it requires is weapon proficiency with simple weapons. Yeah. Wow. Amazing stuff. He's also got Wan Shen Mastery. 
As a standard action, you make two attacks with your Wan Chen, each one against a different target within your reach. You must have your Wan Chen in hand to use this talent. That requires weapon proficiency, simple weapons, the Wan Chen Kata, and a base attack bonus of plus five. Nice. Really, really cool. Like, I didn't know there was a fucking cool, like, uh, this was just sitting here the whole time. <laughs> what are they called in Final Fantasy? The oh, a dragoon, dragoon, a bit yeah. of a dragoon. This is kind of a dragoon. This is like this not is very much, um, not not a dragoon. It's very like, much like martial artists, like pinning someone to the wall with your pole arm, like through their shirt or something like that. Yes. I love the concept. Very cool. I'm imagining very like, um, kind of martial arts movie yeah. pole arm user here. Very, very nice. Of course, they have Devastating Attack as well, which... I, oh, I'm a big fan. We all know big about fan. Devastating Attack. Real ones know about Devastating Attack. <laughs> For the non-real ones, Stephen, what is Devastating Attack? <laughs> Let me read it out loud here. So Devastating Attack is on the ever-famous Weapon Specialist talent tree, which is normally only available to soldiers and melee duelists. Uh, bringing in some melee duelists might make up for an interesting Monokai as well. The Soldier Force Adapt combo is classic, perfect for this build. But higher levels, I'd probably throw in some some uh, absolutely some melee duelist. Would make a great like level twenty with melee duelist on there. Oh yeah, Ooh. absolutely. But devastating attack is you choose a single exotic weapon or weapon group with which you are proficient. Whenever you make a successful attack against a target using such a weapon, you treat the target's damage threshold as if it were five points lower when determining the result of your attack. You select heavy weapons as the group for this talent. It applies to vehicle weapons as well. You can take it multiple times. Each time you do, it applies to a different exotic weapon or weapon group. Long story short, this guy's coming at us with a little less damage than we would have by default, but already treating damage thresholds lower. So starting to make up for it. Moving you down the condition track. Easy. Absolutely. We've also got the classic attune weapon. The force uh, item. Yes. Bingo. Force item talent tree from the force adept class. An absolute must-have for really any force adept. I mean, come on. You may spend a force point to attune a melee weapon. Attuning the weapon takes a full round action. From that point forward, whenever you wield the attuned weapon, you gain a plus one force bonus on attack rolls. And of course, this applies to when you would use the trip or pin feats oh, with your okay. modicai. Because it's now it's adding to your attack bonus. That's what you're using for grappling. Bingo bongo. I would recommend for this... I, I'm actually a little surprised he doesn't have this. In, even instead of a tune weapon, I would probably do empower weapon, which that's the one that's the same. Spend a force point, full round action, add a damage die. Oh, that'd be to good. any weapon yeah. of your choice permanently. I would throw that in there. Personally, I like the damage die more than the plus one to attack. But I mean, hey, that's it's your build. This shit's fucking great. That's so cool. Well, thank you so much, Nick, for the build. There's more. Oh my god, he's there's got more. more. So there's another talent that sticks out to me here, and that's damage reduction 10. I believe that's force adept also. That is not. Not? No, it's um, control talent tree. Oh, yes. The Jedi talent. Oh, no, it's a force. What am I saying? It's a force talent because it's on the control tree, of course. Damage reduction 10. You can spend a force point as a standard action to gain damage reduction 10 for one minute. I know what you're thinking. Okay. This build's all right. Awful lot of spending force points here. What what can we do about that? His force power suite is also just battle strike. Like, what are we what what are we doing here? Okay, we've made up for the damage with battle strike. We have some cool tricks we can do with some trips and pins with our nice little pole arm. We can even attack 
two guys, two different guys with one standard action. But no, the real shit here is in the force techniques. This bad boy's got force point recovery, just like you said. At the end of encounter, you automatically recover one force point spent during that encounter. That's pretty good. So you can just blast dudes with battle strike all day long, recover those force points back, just the one at the end, but still, that's a hell of a lot more efficient than it'd be without it. And then, hey, people don't spend their force points enough anyway. Yeah. You're a force adept here. He's got force points to spend. Is this the most optimal possible force beat facer in the world? Of course not. Nick already mentioned that. But this is fucking interesting as hell to play. <laughs> and I want to play him out of Kai right now. This, this would be great for daily force points. It would be. Because you get that one and then you're like, oh, I can use Assuming it you're combat. fighting once per day. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, well, so if I use one in the combat, I recover that one. So I can you use do. it later in the day. You do. That's true. That is true. <laughs> that is how it works. Very good build. Very, one of those builds that just makes me excited to sit down and play some Saga Edition. Yeah. Really, if, if really If my player stuff. brought this character concept to the table, I'd be like, Hell yeah. yeah. It's like, oh yeah, here's my soldier. Um, but they've got force sensitive and they use a pole arm. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa. That's and they're like cool. a martial arts badass too. Yeah. They're plenty strong without the pole arm, too, yeah. I must add. Like that's that's just incredible. Great work, Nick. Keep keep up the good work. Uh everyone else, keep telling us about your favorite force traditions. I want to do another force tradition episode because we have so much more to cover in that area. And if you have suggestions, ones you'd like to see covered, if you have a full-blown build. For your favorite one, please, please share it with us. It'll inspire someone else to Absolutely. make a cool build also. Absolutely. Well, it's that, uh, it, it's, I'm looking at the calendar. It's, it's November 14th. Yeah. Last night, uh, we can, the, the patrons concluded voting on the beast. After bounty a heated showcase. debate. <laughs> heated debate. I'm pleased to announce that the winner is Zloy Krolix Doom Whale. With just over half the vote. Congratulations. Yeah, honestly, the, the spread is pretty nice. It's like, a good spread. Probably one of the better spreads I've seen. Some of the highest voter participation we've had as well. Probably the most patrons we've had yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Um, Zoe, congratulations on your win. I thought the, the Doom Whale was a very good submission. And it seems like at least half the patrons thought so, too. I have a pretty interesting idea. I wanna ro- I'm going to float this past you right now, Steve. Float it right air. by me. Let's see. I want uh, How many bounties have we done? I don't know. <laughs> Thanks. Helpful. <laughs> uh, let's few. find out. Let's find a out. Few. Let's find out. I'll get the number for you right now. You just go to the Patreon and yeah, I'm going to there. Going to patreon.com slash dark times. Six bounties. I count. We've done a total of six bounties. Yes. Six bounties. I think if we get to a certain point, we could do like a, a tournament of champions. What you mean? <gasps> Like a super, like a super build showcase, like a super build where we get showcase. the winners from all. Of them. Yes. We should to- we, so we have six now. That's yeah. we should do it now. You think that's enough? Well, for like a- not now, now, but like in a couple weeks, maybe. But like that's enough for like a bracket. I want to see like twelve. Oh, like I see. 12, I, I full- thought you meant like a super bounty poll. But yeah, we should do a tournament style bracket. Tournament style bracket head to head. We could do that with like yeah. Is ten enough or should we do twelve? No, it needs to be even number. I think it has to be 12. Yeah. yeah. I think well, divisible the, by four th- is what it has to be. I think eight, eight, eight? is the smallest, but okay. it's not as fun. We'll do 12. We're, 12. we're halfway there. Think, tell us what you think for yeah. future ideas for bounties and what you think about the, oh, I don't know what I even call it. The bounty tournament of champions or something I like that. I just got a DM about a, a pretty interesting bounty. Idea. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to share it with me? Well, like off the air. Yeah. Uh-huh. Once again, Zloy. 
congratulations on winning the beast bounty. Your doom whale did strike fear into the fishermen's of many, into many hearts of many fishermen. I had nightmares fishermen. about the doom whale. You did? And the squid, the razor squid? I had what dreams about the doom whale. Oh! <laughs> so we had kind of covered both, uh, yeah. both sides of that. Only two things you could feel about something, really. <laughs> Only two ways. Fear uh, affects different people in a lot of ways, Stephen. It does. It doom does. as well. <laughs> what are we even talking about? <laughs> Steven, do you have some trivia for us this week? I do. I do. And this one I actually deduced myself after a, a, a brief. Oh, uh, Detective Steven. Yeah, I had a bit of a had about a bit of a Wikipedia dive on this one. Little so Zenosloth P.I. over here. <laughs> Yaddle, right? I'm familiar with her. Yeah. Made a recent appearance in the animated anthology Tales of the Jedi. Yeah. For those of you who haven't seen it, I, I recommend why it was fine. It's, I mean, it's very good. Visually stunning. Absolutely. Um. If you're just like missing Clone Wars, which sure. we all are, perfect thing to just turn on. I, I like I'll, I'll like make lunch and sit down and watch an episode or two. They're like 15 minutes or less on average. Yeah. So they're, they're nice to just pop in real quick. So Yaddle was there. Um, very surprised to see Yaddle have a full blown speaking role, not to mention not talk like how Yoda <laughs> talks. I don't even want to go down that path. Well, it just so that reminds me of this is not relevant to the trivia. Yeah. When we we talked about the Luke and Grogu scene where yeah. he's like, he spoke in riddles and like I've never out outside of Star Wars canon, like just in real life, I've never considered Yoda to talk in riddles. Yeah, because he just talks like Yoda. Just him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't but talk in riddles. It he makes just talks sense like Yoda. in context of the Star Wars universe that Yoda's the only person of his race that talks like Especially that. Especially when Yaddle just has a normalized <laughs> British accent, like every other character she in Star Wars. She was born and raised on Coruscant, that's why. I guess so, I don't Yoda's know, man. Yoda's from the planet that their species is from. Do, you, do we know Yaddle's from Coruscant? What if, what if Yaddle was like, like 25? This is why I don't like talking, this is why I don't like Yaddle that much because Yaddle raises like George George the hack Lucas couldn't stop himself from doing girl Yoda from doing girl Yoda and and she doesn't have a speaking role until 2022 fucking George Pukas over here (laughs) anyway fine my, my, my opinions about Yaddle have been laid bare I was trying to avoid that but in the EU Jedi quest young readers book shadow trap Yaddle sacrifices herself to save the planet Mawan from a devastating chemical weapon. I'm told she absorbs the weapon, saving the whole planet, which is crazy. That is crazy. Mawan, the planet, made its first and only appearance in recent canon in Andor on a list of destinations in the Kurosanti spaceport in Aldani, the episode entitled Aldani. Now, I don't know anything about how shows are made, pretty much besides this one. <laughs> and Especially even that, a, yeah. and even that, you still have no, no clue. It's there's all a lot magic. of mystif- mysticism around it. I just show up. Sam uploads the episode. It's it's that's like that's it. <laughs> so there was definitely overlap between the production of Andor and Tales of the Jedi. I don't know how Lucasfilm operates, but there was definitely people talking about Yaddle in the it's building. Three guys. <laughs> They had a lot of budget cuts so, ever since the Disney acquisition. Just a few weeks before we get Tales of the Jedi, the the planet upon which Yaddle originally perished shows up in shows Canada. up in Andor just a few weeks before Tales of the Jedi drops. Fucking Xenosloth PI over here. What's it mean? What does it mean? Make it make sense, yeah. Lucas. Coincidence? <laughs> Coincidence or the subtlest foreshadowing we've yet to see. Normally, I, I, I don't like people who see a small detail in a Star Wars show and start talking about lore implications. But 
Who knows? I don't know. Maybe other smaller things are nods to bigger things. We have no idea. I don't think you were making those lower implications. Maybe maybe the plot of Mando season three is already (laughs) out there. We just haven't looked hard enough. Looked hard enough. You're not making lower implications. You, right, you you were just saying like, oh, that's a cool nod to Tales of the Jedi coming out, right? You're not, you weren't saying like, don't just shrug. You can't do that in a podcast, Stephen. It's it's an audio format. It is a mystery. <laughs> I feel like I just had a long day at work, and I'm like in a bar drinking, and Stephen walked up to me in my trench coat and like placed the file on the on the counter and slid the it yaddle over file. The yaddle file. It's just a manila envelope with the big word <laughs> yaddle written on it. Oh, this I'm lightheaded. This, this is a lot of trivia. Uh, a lot to handle, a lot right? To handle, yeah. How deep does this go? <laughs> the yaddle hole. The yaddle hole. <laughs> the Dark Times is produced and edited by me, Sam. Steven is my dearly dear detective and co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Sorry if I sound a little under the weather this week. I, I got my I had my COVID booster last Monday. I'm getting mine tomorrow. Oh, good luck, my friend. Good luck. I'm a little... I, I am my flu shot was the problem. Was the problem I got, I got I'm, both. I'm getting both tomorrow, too. I'm don't get them in the same arm. <laughs> I'm telling you now. I think they don't even ask. She asked what arm I wanted to put them ba- okay. both in. She was like, same, both in the same arm? And I was like, yeah, sure. Is it wise to, like, double up like that? I feel like I... I that's. I I'm like still I recovering. It's been a week. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> but you're, you're unemployed, so you can do whatever you want. I it's guess. true. I can. No masters, no gods. <laughs> <laughs> Only podcast men. Do you have a quote for us this week, Stephen? Truly wonderful. The mind of a child is. <laughs> is that Yaddle? No, that's Yoda. Oh. I told you, Yaddle doesn't have a speaking role until now. I thought you were going to pull a Yaddle quote up. What Yaddle quote? <laughs> Like, like <laughs> from Tales of the Jedi. She doesn't say shit in Tales of the Jedi yes, except she like does. I know the, the darkness inside you, Dooku. <laughs> you doubt Qui Gon Jinn? Yeah, like that's like that's it. Isn't it wild they brought Liam Neeson in to voice Qui Gon Jinn again? Because he did mention that he wouldn't come back unless it was for a live action role for for. Uh, oh, I didn't know Qui-Gon. that. That's interesting. Yeah, um, he had a he had a minute in uh, Kenobi, didn't he? Yes, yeah. but it was live action. Yeah, it was. But yeah, they probably just. Pull them aside. They're, they're like, yeah, say, um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they said they had a whole set set up for them and like costumes and stuff, yeah. but they only needed the audio <laughs> recording. And they told him, yeah, it's going to be live action. Keep an eye out. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not telling, keep an eye out to an actor on a star Wars project. <laughs> it's going to be there. You wouldn't see. <laughs> Well, and Liam, Neeson, and Liam Neeson in the interview, like afterwards, he's like, oh, I, I didn't, I, I don't have, uh, I, don't, I don't have Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I, I love, um, I just love Qui-Gon. Um, so it's Me cool. Too. It's cool to see them just acknowledging him a Absolutely. little bit more. You know, don't let the dream die. I mean, it's, it gives him a lot of his character. You've seen the, you've watched them all. Yes. Yeah. I finished it today. It gives his character a lot of like, um, yeah, he was right. Like, yeah, about- no, that's the thing I liked about seeing Dooku too, because that was 
you know, say, say what you will about, un- there's a lot to say about unnecessary. Uh, uh, we need to see Dooku's fall of darkness. Yeah. Steven. Yeah. Which I mean, there was a lot of that with the first episode with like Ahsoka's like birth and then being like, oh my God, Ahsoka's a Jedi. Oh my God. It's like, I, really, I don't think we needed that episode. I, I hated that episode, man. I, I feel like I'd seen that shit like 14 times. I think they just me. wanted to make really cool looking scenes. They, which, they did. Which they and did. They did. But and like <laughs> literally it was such a fucking Disney like Lion King ass. Like <laughs> Quite literally. Like, yeah. It was like, I, I was like, I'd Jungle seen Book this, looking ass. Seriously, I'd seen this exact story a billion fucking times. Now just Ahsoka's here. Whatever. Anyway. Um, Dooku's the exception to me just because I, I always wanted to see more of that part of his life. Just a story. We never, from it. we just never saw anything about and, it. And ever. it was always in my, like in my heart, I always felt that like Phantom Menace should have been like Dooku's fall a little bit, but, um, that's just me. You yeah. Know, it would I, make sense when you go into episode two and you're like, who the fuck is this guy? That, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like, I like Dooku. Dooku's ideology is, is awesome and super interesting to me. You're um, saying we should have gotten less Padres, less Gungans, and more Dooku? <laughs> a little more, a little more politics, a little more seeing this person who has like amenable and good ideals that are at odds with the like religion they're a part of, and that conflict drives them to like true evil. Like it's, I don't know, something about that to me is very compelling. It feels very realistic. Absolutely, Dooku's fall, despite being a, a space monk with a laser sword. I mean, yeah, it's There's relatable. You very believable yeah. about about Dooku's fall to me. And the manipulation by I do love the idea that fucking Palpatine's had that apartment for fucking twenty five years. <laughs> I love that they always meet in the same hangar. It's so funny to me. Like yes, yeah. Well, I just moved out the ping pong table. <laughs> And crush his Yaddle like a fucking bug. <laughs> yeah. I was glad that we got to see Yaddle get killed. That was part. I, I did like that. For a speaking role, dies anyway. <laughs> no, and the fucking thing is that that fight with Yaddle and Dooku was so fucking prequels. Yeah. They wouldn't stop spinning. Yeah, it's They great. just kept spinning. I was it's like, good. okay, I'll try spinning. That's a nice trick, you know? It was it was a little hard to watch because they just kept spinning. But other than that, it was fun. But that's how you that's how Yoda fight. That's how the Yoda. That's yeah, how small character. But then Dooku was spinning Wars. too. Was the thing. Dooku spinning mentally as well. That's that was the that was it was it was a metaphor for his actual mental state. Stephen, does obviously. he look kind of doughy to you in his first appearance? Because they sharped him up as he ages. He's a little pudgy. He was a little puffy and pudgy in his first episode. Yeah. Oh man. Well. Oh man. It was nice seeing Clone Wars Yoda again. That was yeah. weird. I'm so used to seeing just like the fucking Rebels Yoda render. Fuck <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and Mullet Obi Wan, of course. Mullet Obi. It was great. It was, it was great. so yeah. good. It was awesome. I like the idea of <laughs> for the Ahsoka episode yeah. where they're like, yeah, you have to practice deflecting all the lasers from the clone troopers just because these are the best guys. They're way better than droids, so yeah. you'll be better at deflecting droids. And then, and then like the end where she's like, you, you lasted five minutes that time. And then like, oh, we got to go get a call from the emperor. Yeah. Really quick. Yeah, I, was hold like, on. I was like, no way, no way. They were practicing like 10 hours before she had to do it to save her life. That, um, <laughs> I really like how they kind of folded that into that part of Ahsoka's story. I thought that was that scene where she deflects all the bullets and then like cuts the hole in the ceiling and she deflects them into the ceiling to cut a hole in the ceiling and then leaves. It's so yeah. good. It's so good. Really just amazing. Good night, everybody. Yeah.